It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90NATION or visit windownation.com. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This episode of BGN Radio is brought to you by Clip It, the hottest app that is out there. Watch TV, make clips, and share. For more information, check them out at clipit.tv or check them on Twitter at clipit.tv. You're listening to BGN Radio. I mean, I apologize for that. I mean, this is something tough, and I know, you know, they love this team, and I love this team, and, you know, they want this team to win football games. And because I'm a part of this team, I have a responsibility to them. You know, know, right now I need to find a way to let go of my mental you know, battle and focus on just the moments that I have. Oh, what's going on, Bleeding Green Nation? Uh, Probably the most excited I'll get for the rest of this evening here as we are uh, recording live from Sports Radio 94 WIP, John Barchard, James Seltzer, and of course, I haven't heard from him in a while, and I'm glad that he is joining the BGN Radio podcast right here in episode number 205. Mr. John Marks joining. What's going on, buddy? How are you? Yeah, I think legally you have to say that I'm a guest of the of the show tonight. Oh, yes. Yeah, that's you are a guest. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> a guest of the yeah. show. Yes, nothing. There is no uh, funding that is moving from my pocket to John's. He's just coming on to have a little bit there, of fun. So. Yeah, there's actually no funding whatsoever. So we're <laughs> we're in pretty good shape here. Uh, so uh, I mean, let's just let's just have your initial thoughts here, John. It was um, I don't know because I, I, I we all expected the loss, and then people seem even more disappointed uh, when they when they lose. I guess in the the fashion that they did. But how are you feeling right now? Yeah, that's how you said it. I think it's the fashion of how it went down. Listen, I wasn't expecting them to win. I was expecting more or less to see exactly what happened. I think the real cause for concern with me, at least as an Eagle fan, is Carson Wentz is now looking like he's taking steps backwards. And I guess maybe you should expect it based on him being a rookie, playing in one of the toughest places in the NFL against a great defense. But still, after the first three weeks of the season where he looked like he was like, the matrix he was seeing everything in slow motion the game moved so slow for him 
Now he's regressing and he's making the same mistakes over and over again. And I think Doug Peterson's struggling a little bit as well. So you don't want to make too much of it because it is what it is. They're outmanned with personnel. It's ridiculous. The Eagles offense, forget about it compared to what's going on with that defense. And Carson's struggling right now. So that was a tough game to watch. i got to be honest. Fourth quarter, I was on my tablet looking at the red zone trying to see what else was going on because <laughs> it, it, it just got ugly. Yes, yeah, sadly, the, the what else was going on was a, an ugly Niners and uh, Pats game and then Miami and uh, – and uh, Los Angeles, you couldn't really, good. yeah, the ending, the, the 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 other fifty-seven minutes or whatever were atrocious. <laughs> so uh, it was tough. It was tough to get away. But now I feel you. I, I just I can't get away from the feeling that I, 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 while Carson, obviously there were there were issues, and you know it's hard to blame the kid in the toughest spot to play in in all of football against a really good defense, but. Um, yeah, I just look at these these receivers and these skill players, and then you lose Sproles and you lose Matthews, and I just I I have trouble putting too much of it on Wentz. Uh, I I agree that you know there are mistakes that he needs to learn from, and he is still making some of the same mistakes. But I man, I just when you look at those guys and the, the skill players and the inability to get open, the inability to make catches when they are open. I mean, Nelson, I, like, I, I honestly, I'm at the point where I can't watch that guy play football anymore. Like, I just seeing the number 17 is giving me, like, some sort of PTSD now. I, I can't do it. Well, and and we'll get into that in just a second, too. I want to stay with Carson Wentz because there's, there's this thing right now where we're not sure how to handle this, criticism-wise. Because here's what's happening. There's a lot of – look, Dak Prescott is playing his ass off. He played his ass off again today. And we're trying to the, – the problem that we're having is that there's a section of draft Twitter, there's football outsiders, and there's Eagles fans. And we're, <laughs> we're all trying to, def, to just define this line in between of like, okay, let's calm down. I mean, he's a rookie, yes. And there's also this line of like, well, you can't defend this. You can't def- – and, and there's a point where Dak Prescott's successes are highlighting Carson Wentz's you know, flaws and failures, I guess, at this point, or whatever it is. And there's no objectivity as far as, like, what this is defined in, how much time you're allowing these guys here. Can Dak Prescott do it for another season? Can Carson Wentz, you know, find his rhythm? There are things to criticize Carson Wentz about, which I think, to John's point, it's time you start criticizing those things. Carson Wentz does not have a good deep ball. That, that is what I found out today. I've tried like a couple of times. You saw in the Browns game, you saw in Chicago, you saw a couple of those times where like, okay, it's there. It's it's just not quite accurate enough. But now a lot of it's like, well, these are underthrown. Those are underthrown. The, the interception of Cam Chancellor, nobody's fault other than Carson Wentz is mm-hmm. there. I think it is time that you can say, yes, time to criticize those things. But again, back to your point, it's a huge difference when you have guys that can come out there and make plays and help a rookie quarterback help him get into rhythm. And that's why I say, and I said it as it happened, this game changed on two plays. That's it. This game changed on the callback yeah, from Zachers when Nelson Aguilar not lined up and the drop that he had for first down to kind of continue. After that, the wheels pretty much fell off here, John, and there's, you know, I, I don't know. I, it, it, I don't know where to kind of poke and focus my energy this week, I guess. Well, and, and it's the, you're right about the Ertz, the Ertz touchdown callback, and it's two-part. First of all, an experienced quarterback realizes that he needs 
Nelson Aguilar will step up to the to the line of scrimmage. Therefore, it's not a penalty. And Doug Peterson was standing right there and saw it. And he was tr- he was trying his damnedest to get Aguilar to step up to make it a legal formation. He could have called a timeout. He could have burned a timeout. Or he could have said, ah, it's a five-yard penalty. Like, what's more important, a timeout or a five-yard penalty? Well, the five-yard penalty, who cares? But a touchdown to Zach Ertz, if you would have known, of course, it would have been a touchdown. Of course, you would have called the timeout. You're seeing an experience on Carson Wentz. You're seeing the game suddenly start moving a little bit faster to where it was moving slower earlier in the season. And you definitely don't, John, you don't want to go too crazy. It's tough. I react just like a lot of fans do out there. I get pissed when I watch games. I overreact to what Carson Wentz is doing. And I'm trying to keep a level head about all of this because when you do look at Dak Prescott, he is set up to win right now. And he's playing very well, by the mm-hmm. way. But he's set up to win right now. Carson Wentz is not set up to win right now. Yeah, and that's the problem. And, and I mean, look, going back to that play, I don't care you know, whether you're in your second, your third year, your 10th year. And yes, that Carson Wentz should look out there and be able to realize it. But it's a tough angle from standing behind center there or even in a shotgun to tell if a guy is on the line there. That's You got it. Nelson Aguilar, that should never, ever ever happen that shouldn't happen at USC it shouldn't happen in high school when I played high school football that didn't happen I mean it's it's such <laughs> it's it is the basics of when you learn how to play football and actually go out there and put pads on that is one of the first things that you learn I, I mean it's just I'm gonna start calling him Nelson Aguilar like uh Phil like Sims everybody. did well, yeah, everybody. Yeah, Phil said, I feel it. And the best part is Nance kept saying it right, and Sims just didn't give a fuck. He's like, Nelson, yeah, yeah Aguilar out there has just got to be better. He's got to do a better job. And I've heard some, uh, I've heard some actually creative ones. Like ones like Aguilare was another one that I've heard yeah. this week on uh, on the station. I want it to be like Aguilar. Get the fuck out of here <laughs> is really where I'm at with this. And I'm not listen. I'm not. I'm not going to come out here and defend. But what I what I will say is just after looking back on. I even called myself out because I, I at one point back in, in May of 2015, I found the tweet. I just said, I think Aguilar can be a more aggressive, better looking Jeremy Macklin. Whoops. And there was a lot of different. And then, you know, you saw Ray Dinger's notes. Like, I think Michael Barkan tweeted that out after the postgame show. He had a lot of the same things. It's just incredible. It is. How many people looked at this kid and went, yeah, that's going to be great. And then it's just he looks there's nothing like a there. Different guy. Which when is you watch US. I mean, go back and watch USC tape. It doesn't. It doesn't translate. It's not just a, a oh, it's college pros thing. Like he could catch. He caught everything thrown his way. It's really insane yeah. to see what's happened. Which I yeah, will it, say, like John, has this been then? Like I know people aren't buying it. Like it's not 100 percent mental. But he's definitely in his head about this for sure. And it keeps going and going and going and going and going. Would it change the scenery, make a difference, or do you think it's just no? This is mostly talent, and this is this is unfixable at well, this point. No, I think that if it's not a hundred percent metal, it's 95 percent. The guy has straight line speed. He's a four four seven, I think. Um, he he has the speed. It's not translating to the football field right now. He had a drop today. First down. Wentz is back. Wentz looks, fires, dropped by Aguilar. Aguilar wide open at the forty five yard line. The ball thrown. P-E-R-F-E-C-T-L-Y. Perfectly. That's, again, you're talking about momentum-changing plays yes. in a lot in a lot of these games. And you don't know what happens 
if the Yurts touchdown happens, if Aguilar catches that ball. And I mean, and this has happened in multiple, multiple games. I do think that he has talent. I don't think that you cut him right now. That doesn't make any sense because you're still paying it. As much as we all had the knee-jerk reaction of just get him out of here right now, I, I, I would sit him down. I mean, what's the point? And I'm not a Paul Turner truther, guys, all right? I'm not going to sit here and tell you that Paul Turner is the answer. Start him. Get him in here. You know what, though? I think the kid makes a catch if you throw it to him, and that's not something you can say for these wide receivers right now. I would sit down Aguilar. I'd make him the fourth receiver. I'd even put Treggs in there before him, uh, but he can't continue to start. It's not fair to him. I mean, I don't want to sit here and keep ripping the kid because he obviously isn't with it. So I don't know if he has NFL, NFL talent or not. Something tells me he doesn't, but you can't you can't keep keep starting him. It's ridiculous. Amen, John. I couldn't agree more. Like at this point, it's it, like John said, it's unfair to the kid. I mean, that was about as bad a drop as you'll see. And we've seen him make a lot of bad drops, but I mean, he was wide open in the middle of the field with in stride. no one near him in stride. That I mean, that is so. Bad, you have to sit him down. It's not fair to every other player on the team. I mean, how can you ask Wentz to keep throwing it in this kid's direction? How do you know that there weren't plays where he might have gone to that open receiver but didn't throw to Aguilar because he didn't think he'd catch the ball? I mean, it has to weigh on. I mean, these people are human beings. Carson Wentz is a human being. It's not like he could just totally forget how bad Aguilar's been and how many mistakes he's been. That has to factor in. I, I think you have to sit him down. Yeah, and Doug Peterson and and uh, and but, Carson Wentz both but, fell on the sword for him today. I mean, like, and you're right. Like, there. It, listen, this is this is quotes that Peterson. Said. I don't, but I'll get that to you in a second. Here's just one I want to say real quick. Johnny Page, of course, our a great writer at over at BGN, uh, pointed this out too, and it was more or less what I was just saying. At, at forty, it was the Eagles' offense before the illegal inform, uh, formation. Wentz was nineteen for thirteen. 88 yards, a touchdown, 14 attempts on the ground, 59 yards. When things like that happen and things start to break down, that does weigh on in on everybody. That weighs on in Carson Wentz. That weighs in on everybody. Doug Peterson, uh, 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 in response to Aguilar, said, Well, any time that I, I think that, that a player uh, goes through a, a little bit of a, a rough spell, I guess, um, it can play on the psyche of the player. You know, from my standpoint as a coach, I got to continue to encourage and, and keep putting him out there and keep keep trusting him and keep working and keep fighting because, you know, he, he's part of our team and, and we got to, we got to, we got to keep plugging away. No, you don't. Well, what does that mean? Like, what is that I supposed know, to say? I know, but like, you can't, no, but take out the keep putting him out there. You could say, I'm going to encourage him. I'm going to try and make him better, but don't, you, you don't have to keep putting him out here. You really don't. Like, the, someone else deserves a chance to go out there and show what they could do. A guy like Trey. A guy like Turner, I don't even care, whoever it is, someone deserves a shot to at least show that they can make a play. Yeah, he's hurting the football team. Like, you can't you can't take that away now. I'm, I'm unfavorable with what both of you guys are saying as far as benching and reporting, whatever. But the, the more egregious quote that I heard today was just the fact that he was a big part of the game plan this week. Like, they had, they <laughs> kind of put him in there. And the, maybe that would explain some of the fact that, you know, up until the garbage time of, uh, of Jordan Matthews and everybody here, John, there was oh. 15 yards between all wide receivers. Oh, yeah. And Russell Wilson, of course, uh, had that uh, touchdown throw from uh, Doug Baldwin. But, yeah, man, I, I, I'm with you on Paul Turner and everything else, but you, you have to figure out something. You're, this team is still 5-5. Five and five. This team still somehow can find its way into the wild card spot. So how do you fix it? I feel like we're asking that question every week, but I mean, is Paul Turner and sitting Nelson Aguilar down really, really an answer moving forward here? Well, no, not long term. Maybe short term, like a little bit. See, here's the thing: like, not only is it are you telling 
the other players on your roster, like, hey, listen, you're accountable for bad play. Everybody on this team knows that Nelson Aguilar is hurting the team. Everybody on the offense, everybody on the defense. Howie Roseman knows the wide receivers aren't good enough. Doug Peterson knows the wide receivers aren't good enough. They're not going to come out and say it at a press conference or tell you, yeah, we stink. But everybody knows. So you look at this Eagles team. This is And, and this is what I try to remember because they are still in the, in the wild card hunt. But you try to remember this is just year one. And a lot of the guys that are here right now aren't going to be here when this team hopefully contends for a Super Bowl in three or four years. And that's the only thing you can do right now. So as much as it hurts, as much as it's like a struggle and it's like drowning to to watch this offense sometimes with these wide receivers, you just got to try to remember. And is Aguilar worth saving? If you think he's worth saving, I actually think it's best for him not to continue to run him out there because you're hurting everybody. Yeah, and I and I don't know if I mean like at this point I think you move on from less next year. I know people keep pointing to his his cap. cap I mean like it's, it's two million dollars. You're not going to find a, somebody for two million dollars that's going to completely change your football team. So I'm fine moving on with him and and really just gutting the whole entire thing, trying to start over at least at that position, drafting free agency, whatever you have to kind of put together. It's worth. I'm not d- d- not. I don't know. Almost completely blow it up. I'm I'm still okay with doing. Like it's just you know what these guys are, and you have to move on from that. Yeah, it's already blown up. I, this is <laughs> yeah, the yeah, definition like- of a blown up receiving core. I mean, sure, you know Matthews, he's a fine slot receiver, I suppose, but like you know there there is no pieces on this wide receiving core that I'm you know that need to be in this wide receiving core moving forward as far no, as you're I'm right. concerned. And now yeah, it's sure. and now it gets yeah. even harder with. You know, it's not just the loss that hurts. No, Ryan Matthews out. Yeah. Darren Sproles out. You know, there was Which impacted the game today. We we're talking. I mean, you know, talk about that play, but also just the fact that that play mattered was because it was a close game for a little while there. And you don't lose Sproles, you don't lose Matthews. Which you know, that running game was working. It was. It, it was really working. Was so. Uh, you know that that I think that also it's hard to kind of know how today would have played out just for for a lot of reasons obviously yeah, yeah because it, it scrapes into your mind now it was just like well it was 16 to 7 you know you know it was kind of working and you think back and all this week we'd been basically saying you know Doug Peterson the Chiefs found a way to run all over the Seahawks when they were in Kansas City of the 150 or 160 yards they were basically on pace of that in, the, in that time frame and then everything kind of fell apart here so yeah I mean like what kind of impact do you think that's going to have if it's I mean, if the, the, those are long-term injuries, your offense is really staring the barrel down of, of wow, this is, you just went from like it's somewhat functional to non-functional. How important is that for the Eagles' offense, there, John? Yeah, I I think that I actually wrote this down early in the game, and then I deleted it because there was no point in talking about it afterwards. But this offense is at its best when Doug and Deuce Staley, I guess, works on the rotation, is getting all three of those guys in there. Smallwood's a great change of pace to Matthews, and then Sproles is a great change of pace if used properly in the passing game and occasional runs to the other two guys. So when you don't have the help on the outside and you only have really one wide receiver on this roster in Jordan Matthews, and and I'm, I'm getting tired of him too, uh, taking these two guys out, although if you look at it at face value and say, well, Ryan Matthews, Ryan Matthews is important to this offense just like Darren Sproles is. So going forward, I kind of I want to see what Kenyon Barner has in there. I want to see a little bit more of Smallwood, but it's not going to help their wild card chances, that's for sure. Yeah, I mean, that's a situation we're in, right? I mean, they have to game plan away from their wide receivers. That's the point you said, John. That's what we talked about last week against Atlanta. The only thing that has been consistently successful for this offense is when you don't get these wide receivers involved and you play with the middle of the field and you get Zach Ertz going and you get that running game going. So Can only do that so much, too. You yeah, know? Like, of course. Especially against a team like the Seahawks. Yeah, it, it's 
just it. It's really I, I think that's kind of what's making it harder. The, the Wentz thing, obviously, you worry that, you know, he's regressing or this and that. But at the same time, I, I almost feel like you just don't even know how to judge this kid in that sense, because I mean, having weapons changes everything. It changes every little facet of the game. So when you're pressing, you make bad throws. I mean, there are just so many things that are that are you know a factor here that it's almost like you're just you know, you just want Wentz to get through the season healthy and and you, you you reassess next year. You you know that he's got tools. You know he's super smart. We've seen him do great things that a lot of rookies haven't had to do, and we've also seen him get a lot put on his plate as a rookie. So there's a lot. To be very, very excited about moving forward, you know, you just kind of want to get through this year because it's not going to get much better from an offensive perspective. Yeah, and he was doing the right things early. We we basically asked all week, don't don't go crazy, manage the football game, allow the defense to get in there and find a rhythm and, and do that stuff, and they were. You know, the, the run game was working. Everything was kind of working in that set. Again, you come out with a seven-minute drive against... The Seahawks, that's a long time. You know, there's a six-minute differential in uh, in time of possession. There's a lot of things going on there. And then he... If only he, he, time but he, of possession led to wins like everyone well, always I know, thought exactly. it did, right? But, then he, but in that, you know, Carson Wentz, he does regress in there. Like, he doesn't learn from the fact that, like, hey, you threw the ball away. That's great. You get to the next play. You do this thing. Then you, then you try and do too much. Then you're just trying to look for... The, the home runs, and I think he was looking for the home runs all the time there. That throw to Bryce Treggs, I, I, I don't know what, what was going on there. The, both, the, the, both throws to Treggs were not good. No, well, oh. <laughs> the other yeah. throw, it's thrown there. So, I, I mean, like, those things are those things are learnable and fixable, but I, I you need to be criticizing those things. Like, so, it's sorry, like, I, I don't care if he's a rookie or anything else. You can't do that in that in that situation. I know that. Yeah, I know what you're going to say. He's probably going to end up punting there anyway, so why not take a shot downfield? No, but no, you just you just you no. just don't do this. It was do second down so. too. Yeah. It wasn't like even third down. Uh, you know, on th- if it's third and eight from the four, you're like, all right, fine. It was a punt. It was second down. Yeah, yeah. You just you just can't do those things, John. Yeah, I think I think right now what you're doing is you're learning a little bit about Carson Wentz because as much YouTube videos maybe you watched on him in North Dakota State, you didn't really have a fair sample size to look at him and say this is what this guy's going to be. And the first three games, it's weird. It's like Chip Kelly was backwards here in Philadelphia. He started off, it was like, damn, this guy's unbelievable. And then there was almost three years here. By the end, it was like, and then straight down. And Carson Wentz starts out the first three weeks of the season with no preseason, by the way. Yeah, yeah. He, he comes out of nowhere, and he's number one in the NFL against the Blitz. It's like anybody that's blitzing him, he, he has this unbelievable success rate. And now you look at him, and it's probably a good thing because now you want to see how he responds to it. But as much as you want to look big picture, because this is really about big picture with Carson Wentz, you're starting to look at the details of Carson Wentz with what he is. And this elite arm strength that I was told about, he certainly has a good arm, but I don't see an elite arm. And, you, John, you, you talked about it right at the top of the show with with the with his, his deep ball. He's underthrown everybody he's thrown deep to. He, he's done it with Treggs a couple times. He, he missed on a touchdown on the one reception that he did throw to Treggs. If he leads him more, that's a yep. touchdown. Yeah, against the Giants, yeah. Tackle. 100%. So, I, I, you know, there's a lot of things that I assumed that Carson Wentz was going to be that I'm just not seeing right now. And, and that's, and that's kind of concerning. John, I think we didn't give it enough uh, uh, press on the our, our pregame show on WIP on Saturday, but 
Maybe Carson Wentz's head was just filled with puppies, and he really just couldn't <laughs> get it together. Is that, <laughs> is that possible? Is that maybe it's something? It's possible. Can, well, so, yeah. It is no. possible. And the, and puppies that's, are awesome. So. But I think that's what you're going to hear all week is just like, are we fairly judging Carson Wentz? Were we wrong? Did we jump the gun? Is in, to all those things, I'm going to pretty much say no. I just think you should you, you see what you see. You see the things that he learns on, and you see the things that he doesn't learn on. The things that he's not learning on is a concern. Like it, it's, Now you ask the question, is that a trend? Is that going to continue to happen? Can his arm strength improve? Can his accuracy improve? And move on from there. You know. But I, I don't want people, again, and this is the other thing we were telling you, Seattle is going to be a loss more than likely, probably, right? So, so that's, that's going to happen. And now you're in the same spot moving forward. Five and five. I mean, like, if you're going to get mad at a game, go look at Detroit. Go look at yes. Washington. Go look at those things. That's Dallas. a tough football team. Everybody right after this game is like saying, well, looks like it's Seattle and Dallas in the NFC. And that's it. And that's going to be your matchup moving forward. But again, everybody else underneath that is garbage. It's garbage. I mean, it's, it's Minnesota's. It's everybody else. They're all still in that mix. And I think expectations or whatever you had. I don't care if you thought they were 3-13 and 13 or they're going to be 10-6 and six or whatever you were thinking. You shouldn't have to lower any of those expectations and at the same time still realize where the limitations are, you know, all, all, all at the same time here. So I'm not – I don't know. I, this is this to me is like whatever. You know, it, it sucked the way everything went down, but if you knew all that stuff moving into this and, you move, <laughs> and everything else that was surrounding this football team – I, you know, you, there's no. I don't know why you would be so pissed off this entire week. That's yeah. all. Well, I mean, for what it's worth, the Eagles have lost to five teams that are all at least two games or more above 500. I mean, just for what it's worth. But on top of that, I, this is, you know, going back to the Wentz thing, and this may be the most shocking thing that happened today. Uh, and I, who knows if it had any sort of real effect, but at least for the deep ball, you hope that today, I mean, who? This is Carson Wentz's first game in rain ever. Oh yeah, yeah, what that's right. What the hell Congratulations. was that? Like the Browns really? were right. He can't play in the rain. Oh, holy <laughs> shit! I mean, I, what is that? That was so shocking to hear that. So who knows? Maybe it was. Uh, you know, couldn't get a good grip. Yeah, yeah. It was uh, made. Uh, Hugh, <laughs> Hugh Jackson had it right the whole time with dunking that football in water. Uh, but yeah, it, and it's and uh, let's John, let's flip to the defensive side of the ball here too because. Again, at times it looked like you know they were really bottling up. Uh, I, I liked what they were doing against Russell Wilson early, even late later in the game. I thought they were still doing uh, the right things there. I mean, Jalen Mills on that miss precise touchdown oh, was so god. my god that was that was infuriating. It should have been like a five yard gain. Yes, and and yep. just bad angles all around. But what did you see out of the defense today? Well, it, it's you know it's really tough to to judge really anybody other than the team as a whole it's like you were saying it's like this isn't one of those weeks where i wake up tomorrow morning and i'm still pissed about this game i was pissed about dallas the following day i was super pissed oh, yeah. about the lions the eagles got it handed to them and they should have because they're not as good but when i look at the defense and again it's it's penalties happening at inopportune times and it's just like with the Ertz on the offense the play that happened with brandy graham i believe it was third and 16 he oh, jumps off yeah. sides mm -hmm. the eagles held him which would have been a field goal attempt. Instead, they get another crack at it, third down, five yards, so it's third and 11, third and 12, and that's where the play with Jimmy Graham happened. 
where it was a touchdown. And that was a great play by Russell Wilson. Again, Russell Wilson doesn't necessarily beat you with his running. He built, he beats you with running around in the pocket and making plays. And he's such a smart quarterback. He very rarely takes hits when he's doing that. I, you know, I, I, th- I feel like I have a pretty good idea of what this defense is. I like the front four. The, I, I like the linebackers, not as much. I like the linebackers. They're pretty good. And then the the secondary competes and the corners compete. And I like Jalen Mills, and I think Nolan Carroll's played pretty well this year. They obviously need help at corner. Uh, and when you're not getting a pass rush and you're not getting the quarterback, at least if you're not getting pressure on them, those corners are going to look going to look bad. And the game got away from them today. You know, this wasn't a loss on the defense. This was a loss on the offense. The offense needed to keep them in there, and it didn't. Uh, but the defense played all right. I'm not worried about the defense. They're not on the Seahawks level, which is what a lot of people were trying to mm-hmm. say with the stats and with this, whatever else. And all their fifth. No, they're not on the Seahawks level. They have a while to go. And you look at that secondary in Seattle. That's what the Eagles need to improve. Yeah, I agree 100% with what you said. I, I, my biggest takeaway from today was Russell Wilson is really freaking good at football, man. I mean, he is so <laughs> yeah. impressive to watch. And it's this is not groundbreaking news here, but just his ability to, to it seems like every time, you know, you've got him and he just finds a way to skirt through a little hole in the middle and all of a sudden he's flicking his wrist and he's mm-hmm. throwing it 30 yards to it. To an over, I mean, it's it's just so impressive to watch that guy do what he does. He is a borderline unstoppable when he's, you know, fully healthy and, and has his, you know, mobility about him. So um, I thought the defense, like John said, played relatively well. They were put in some bad spots that it's kind of hard to blame them for. It was really, uh, you know, not not necessarily a overall bad performance. It was just like we said, a few breakdowns in specific spots. Jalen Mills, Jalen Watkins not being able to make a tackle on Jimmy Graham. You know, just stuff like that, that if that, you know, the Brandon Graham thing, that if maybe those things are reversed and then I think it kind of snowballed towards the end, but... Um, I, I wasn't. I, I was relatively impressed with how the D played today. Yeah, and so was I. And of course, you know, the non uh, Fletcher, uh, Fletcher Fletcher Cox hold right after that penalty. Yeah. I know B, BG doesn't do uh. offsides and makes it all. But I mean, clear as day. Uh, yeah. And then Jimmy Graham goes and scores as a touchdown. Yeah, I'm gonna. I don't know. I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna be a little more critical here. I, I, I think that there's especially in the secondary. Uh, I, I, Malcolm Jenkins to me was was having an off day today. Rough day today for Malcolm, Both especially the, when he was in the slot. It wasn't good. No, and I don't know if that's kind of like uh, again just the the matchup situation. And it happens every time. Like you don't expect you don't expect Doug Baldwin just to make really good plays, and then he does. And and it, and it's just it's so infuriating to have guys like that when you see and you know that this defense can take care of guys like Julio Jones, who has the quietest. 10 yard 10 reception 135 yard game and the same with Antonio Brown and all these different guys that are in here and somehow they just can't consistently do that and to John's point I was actually one of those guys that and we had that conversation on Saturday too where we're just going and saying you're looking at the numbers they look pretty close numbers wise on paper and the one thing I said today was just like it's just the inconsistency and the mentality that is so far different and superior really for not just with Seattle and, and Philadelphia uh, defenses, but just with everybody else in the league too, they're just so well put together. They've been in the same system for a long time. These guys have been, uh, you know, all those guys haven't that hasn't changed over a ton. Uh, Byron Maxwell leaves; it's still it's still a really good defense. Like there's, you still have a lot of bangers in there. Bobby Wagner, who I thought, you know. Yeah. It was was a little inconsistent, and he had been up until this point. Played Terrific another phenomenal today. game, yeah. you know. Cam Chancellor, another phenomenal game for them too. So, 
Yeah, it, it is. It's hard for me because nothing is consistent on this football team. I think that's why where all my frustration comes from is just you can't just rely on a something week in and week out. And again, it's not really that the defense, just like you guys were saying, the defense didn't play bad. It's just not special yet. Right. You know, you can't just go, well, he's going to go in there and make a play. Well, it just hasn't happened yet. Especially when you're going up against that defense on the other side. You know, you look at that defense, that Seattle defense, and you're like, oh, that's what special looks like. That's the defense I want my D to look like. And we saw at times, and it was a shame, too, because it seemed like Schwartz was going to get really creative at times. Like, And then like the Rodney McLeod blitz that got called back because of the false start. The blitz right after another. It seemed like he had some really nice play calls dialed up. It yep. got kind of, you know, uh, basically annulled from penalties. And then and we didn't see a lot of that aggressiveness outside of that, which was a little disappointing for me from a defensive coaching perspective. John, just as far as grades and things go, uh, how would you feel about Schwartz and how did you feel about uh, Doug today? Uh Man, I, I don't think Doug had his great. See, here's the thing. First quarter, I felt like that he was mixing it up pretty well with running the football and everything else he was trying to do. And then once a couple penalties happened and the game kind of got away from him so from the entire team, it was just like kind of you knew the game was over. Yeah, he Schwartz, the defense played well in the first half. I mean, you looked at it, they were right there. I mean, heck, they had the lead, and then you move into the second quarter, and they were only down a score. They were right there. Uh, but anytime you lose a game, you can't say this is like the, the Detroit loss or the Dallas loss or when you went ultra conservative. This is just you got your butt handed to you because you're just not good enough. And, you know, if you play Seattle – in week three or week four, kind of like with Pittsburgh. I know Pittsburgh hasn't played well, but this is such a week-to-week league in the NFL. If you played Seattle in week three, week four, you might have beat them. You know, if you're the Eagles because you were rolling red hot, you might have beat them earlier in the season. This point in time, I don't really know, unless you came in and, and had an absolutely perfect game plan and you executed it, which the Eagles don't execute anything, by the way, and that goes on the head coach. But, uh, you know, I, I if I was giving them a grade, it's certainly not passing. You know, they continue to have bad penalties, and, you know, you, you lose like that. One thing I do like that Doug said in the postgame press conference was he put it on himself. He said that he has to do a better job of getting the guys. He went like half Andy Reid. It's on him. So I appreciate that. This is on him. You know, he's got a young young quarterback. He's got to start handling them a little bit better. Yeah, I agree 100% with you, John. And, and I, you know, last week was very impressed with Doug Peterson. His entire game plan going into that Atlanta game was – I thought the perfect way to go about it, as we talked about, you know, running the ball, keeping the possession, time of possession high, and keeping that Atlanta offense off the field. So I thought they really did a good job last week. And it did appear like he had a strong game plan coming in early, but uh, it's really the other stuff that was a big issue today, the lack of execution, the penalties, the stupid errors. And ultimately, you know, that's the type of stuff that we praise coaches for when it goes well. And, and you, that's also the type of stuff, yeah, John, you know, you have to go after him for when, when it fails. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm, I'm just looking over just uh, some of the quotes that I might have missed from today. And I think I think it's getting to Malcolm Jenkins a little bit. I think uh-huh. it really is. This is from Zach Berman. Uh, Jenkins on what the penalty did to the sideline. It's frustrating. You think you got you can get lined up? That's the basics of football. Get lined up. Don't jump off sides. Those things are a sign of being undisciplined. And it's not just the game. It's in every other game. That's the biggest thing that we are trying to fix, especially on the road. That's been the storyline, the penalties, the missed opportunities, the everything. 
It's the yeah, exactly. He's they're, right. They're they're con- they're consistent about being inconsistent, and that's and that's where we always kind of jump back to. As far as I, I actually thought, Doug called a pretty fact, a spectacular football game. To be honest with you, I I mean, other than you know, you started getting that late third quarter when it was starting to pulling away. I I'm not sure what else more you could have done there. You know, there's yeah. there's only so many things you can do when your two leading backs are out there. You don't, and it's not just with that too. Sproles is your main wide receiver. Yeah. So Sproles that, is your number one offensive weapon. <laughs> yeah. Let's so be it's, real it's, here. And it's really frustrating. I'm yeah. with you. I thought the play calling wasn't that bad. It was more just the the mental errors and the lack of execution and the penalties that you have to put on Doug as well. Yeah, and it's just those it's those things that it's going to repeat like every single season. It's just you know, or, or throughout the season, a man. What if they just did this instead of that, or this instead of that? And there's Again, there's, there's there's two big plays you can count on on pretty much every game and every kind of loss that they've had so far this season. So I, I'm not sure how we're supposed to stand or feel. I mean, think you have the right to be pissed off and upset and want to throw things at your television every five seconds and at the same time, like you know, you just have to realize that it, everything can't be done all at once, and you got to move on to the next week. And guess what? You know, I think right now Green Bay is still beating Washington. Is that right? No, they're losing. Now. Okay, no. no. Well, still, there, there goes the optimism one. out that yeah. door. But I mean, like you, Green Bay sucks for what it's worth. <laughs> yes, I and mean, they're playing I on think the road. Monday night, that's a, a a very very winnable game there for yeah. what it's worth, at least. But look, I think you know, you know, it's kind of funny and it's sad to say it was. It was almost easier to watch this loss today than to watch the Dallas one or the New York one or these losses oh, yeah. where you're just Absolutely. getting killed. At least today it was like, all right, they're just better than we are. So, you know, look, yeah. look for some signs for optimism and, and move forward. And, John, where do you look for? I mean, like you're looking at the next, you know, James just mentioned it. So you have Green Bay Monday night, uh, then uh, Cincinnati away. Uh, yeah. And then, and then it's three of the last four at home against three, the division, and you're in Baltimore. Yeah, so I mean, I still feel, I still feel oddly confident that this team can win nine, maybe still another one on the road, and and have a ten. I mean, it's basically you got to win five out of six. Can they win five out of six games? And I know that's an, a really crazy question after this kind of loss. But what is how, what's your feeling on that? No, they cannot win five of six. But <laughs> to your point, Green Bay. So. Everybody does it at the beginning of the season. You look at the uh, you look at the schedule and you all right, win, loss, you get your pen, you mark it up. And now you actually so this stretch right here that you were going through with Seattle, you knew this was gonna be a tough game. You thought Green Bay was gonna be a stone loss. Now you're not sure about that. You thought Cincinnati was gonna be a much tougher game than it is. Cincinnati's been terrible this year, and AJ Green might be done. Yep. He may not be playing. He might be out I would the say we'll almost definitely will not be playing which, against the Eagles. Right. Yes, which also you can flush my fantasy TC down the toilet. Thank you very much. Yeah. Oh, that's a shame. But you get what I'm getting at so you look at it and you say all right well yeah maybe they can get a run together but you look at the injuries that happened today and I don't know about Sproles or Matthews big V went down late the offensive line like after a while when you have a patchwork offensive line and you have duct tape that's holding you together you know what happens the duct tape starts to starts to get wet and then it starts to break and it starts to tear whatever and it falls apart Uh, so I don't think they can make that kind of a run but I will say with Green Bay it's a big game, not only for for Carson Wentz, because you want to see how he's going to respond to this. I say this, this is another Doug Peterson game. Because I think Carson Wentz, I, at least I think I know what he's going to be. I know he has the necessary tools. He's a smart guy. I think he'll put it together. Howie Roseman needs to give him pieces to make him more successful. But this is a quarterback coach league. And I don't know about Doug Peterson. And I think he's done. He's had really good weeks, and I think he's had really poor weeks. I think Jim Schwartz has really bailed him out some of those weeks. Mm-hmm. I want to see what Doug Peterson is going to respond. I want to see what he's going to do with Nelson Aguilar. I, I want to see what he is going to do if 
he's maybe missing a running back or two. I want to know now that the NFL, because it's never a question of if they figure you out, it's when they figured it out. And they were hot the first couple of weeks and then they've countered Doug. I want to see how Doug's going to respond to what they're doing to him and what how they're game planning for him. This is a big week for Doug Peterson. And it's kind of one of the reasons why you're you're still looking at the playoffs and you're still being like, yeah, they can make a run, they can make a run. But there's so many different layers to the 2016 Eagles that I, I'm just curious to see what happens next week. Yeah, and there's and to that point, it's I think it's still hard to find out is if you know it's a, it's still a semi Brett Brown syndrome where is Doug Peterson a good football coach? I think overall, yeah, I would say yes. And and to John's point, yeah, I think there 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 definitely was things that were figured out, but he's he's also adjusted to that. I think he I think he proved that a little bit again today, last week, and has these new wrinkles that keep coming in. You know, different motion sets, putting Sproles in a different spot. Um, but, yeah, I, I, it, 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 you do have to – now you have to dig even deeper into that playbook. More misdirection, more motion. Whatever is going to allow guys that cannot catch footballs to be as wide open as possible, which is when we see Dak Prescott and we go, damn it, why can't this offense just do that? When they're – you know, Jason Witten standing there, his big dumb faces, freaking wide open for seven <laughs> yards or whatever that's going on there. It's just that, you know, are, are they going to achieve that, and is that going to be enough? Yeah, I'm kind of with you as far as if, if, you know, so far what we've seen of Doug Peterson, I've seen more good than bad in my mind. But if, to John's point, he is nowhere near the coach he needs to be if yes. he's going to be a, a good, really good head coach in this league. So, um, and look, we don't know. We're not going to know. We need to see how this guy responds to his mistakes, how he learns from his mistakes, if he learns from his mistakes. And, you know, we, as as great a coach as Andy Reid was, we saw that there were certain mistakes that he refused to learn from and refused to change. You just got to hope that Doug is different. And, you know, we've seen him change things. We've seen him do some things differently. But uh, right now I just don't think we have a, a, enough of a sample size to, to say one way or the other whether he is a really good coach or not. But I, I'm certainly willing to give him the chance because – I have seen stuff that I've liked. Yeah, and I think there's going to be – I think every single coach in the NFL, with the exception of the really, really, really good ones, like you can't – you cannot find faults in – well, you can – in Bill Belichick, I mean, like he can draft whoever he wants and not get made fun of even though the yeah, he probably drafted, sucks. Didn't he draft like a long snapper this past <laughs> yeah, year? Yeah, it was a couple of years ago. He drafted a long snapper in the fifth round and that goes away. But at the same time, you just have to make sure that also that those mistakes or those faults or whatever – uh, the major ones change and you learn from those and maybe some of the other flaws just don't matter as much because the other things become such greater strength. It's something that, you know, Kelly obviously didn't learn and before then and that was kind of Andy's demise as it as it went down and it's still kind of weird that you can only compare this guy to two other fo- football coaches the last 20 years or whatever it's been or 15, 16, 17 years as far as like uh, trying to figure this thing out. Uh, John, before we're, uh, we start wrapping things up, it's time to hand out some game balls and some wet farts. Uh, so we'll start with game balls if you can find any uh, from uh, from the Eagles offense or defense. You know what? I'm, I'm going to give a game ball to Marcus Smith. And I'm not really sure why. Yeah. Other than he made a couple First game ball Marcus Smith has ever won in his career. So it's nice. Yeah, I I just don't know who else I give it to. But I I noticed early he made a play and he didn't get credit for a tackle, but he more or less caused a a loss by a running back by really pinning him in there and bringing him back in the center of the field. I know he got a half of a sack later, but when you look at Brandon Graham, who really has transformed himself into a great player, I don't know if Marcus Smith can do that. But I also see that he does have some some possible skill 
at getting to the quarterback. So we'll see. But I did I did write down like, oh, you know what? Marcus Smith made a couple plays out there today, so he looked all right. Um, as far as a wet fart. Yeah, give me man, a wet farts. Where do I start? Where do I end? <laughs> yeah, and and I'm, I'm not I'm not even going to go Nelson Aguilar because that's too easy. Yeah. Um, I, and 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 Green Beckham ended up having the garbage yards, but you know what? I, I'm so sick of Jordan Matthews. I, and he's an actual guy that has skill. And as erratic as he is, he's flopping all over the place. He's a guy that at least has done it in the league before. I'm going J- Jordan Matthews because I need a guy to step up. Maybe he's just a slot receiver. Maybe he's not whatever. I thought he was more. And I guess I was wrong. And Howie Rosen's going to have to figure it out as well because his rookie deal's up after 2017. And normally this offseason is where they will be trying to extend him if they're interested in keeping him. I, I don't know how much it's going to cost, but I need to see more out of Jordan Matthews. So I'll go wet fart with him. Yeah, I'd like to. Well, it's a, that's actually a pretty good wet fart. Uh, maybe even a juicy wet fart because he's <laughs> starting to get into that category of Kelvin Benjamin from last year where it's garbage time stats. I mean, he yep. is there in the third and fourth quarter, and then you can't rely on him throughout. So I agree. I agree with the Jordan Matthews wet fart. Seventh I think drop today. Yeah. Seven drops. Horrible. Uh, all right. Well, I'll give my game ball to Zach Ertz because he was the only guy I saw make some plays today, even if they got called back. <laughs> it was actually somewhat yeah. of a weapon, you know. And look, that that it got called back, but we actually saw Jordan Matthews – excuse me, Zach Ertz. You got me on Jordan Matthews. We actually saw Zach Ertz make a play after the catch and run with the football and knock a guy over. So I think that alone gives me a Zach Ertz game ball. Uh, wet fart, fuck you, Nelson Aguilar. I don't care how easy it is. Lowest uh, common denominator. You are there it is. totally getting my wet fart. If I had all the wet farts on the planet compiled in one place, I would shove you in there and never let you out. <laughs> That's just, how I feel about you just right a jar, now. Or like the, the Steve-O helmet of farts or whatever yes, that's going sure. on in there. Just, All <laughs> the farts. Any fart I can get and Nelson Aguilar. I'm, my dog has some nasty farts sometimes. They're all for Aguilar. Everything's for Aguilar. How about this? How about game ball Jason Kelsey? Because oh. we all thought he was going to get his well, shit pushed in, I guess, really. I mean, against this front seven, <laughs> you were just like, wow, this guy's going to be absolutely just crushed the entire time. And that's probably going to lead to that's why they can't run the football and the, and really, I'll give a game ball to most of the offensive line, too. I didn't see any huge problems that were there. They picked up most of the blitzes. And uh, and although it was a short time, I'm going to throw it to Ryan Matthews again because, I, you know, you, you think that it's just a, an inconsistent thing as far as how they're using these running backs and was it usage or was it just him? The burst was still there. He looked great for the few carries that we saw him on the field. And unfortunately, the thing that has trailed him along his entire career is the injuries? Uh, I don't know. There's. A, I think you guys have nailed all the wet farting. So I. Uh, other than, let me just I, I, maybe. Uh, no, I don't think I. I don't think I have another one. Nothing that no, was like Donnie Jones. Yeah, Donnie Jones. Uh, yeah, Donnie Jones. Fart? Donnie I Jones mean, a little bit. Too yeah. big. Too big. T- um, touchbacks early in the game. Again, if you pin him inside the ten yard line, who knows what happens? Oh, you yeah. know what? So speaking of which, I'll give a quick, uh, just a short wet fart to Kenyon Barter. Come on, men. Yeah, like those, those are the, on the punt returns, and that's just something that, that we didn't get into is with Sproles being out and a lot of those things that really affects the special teams moving forward. You know, more in punt returner, guys that you know normally would field catchable punts and just not let them drag back there. I mean, you can't you can't do that stuff. You can't allow a football to bounce back and like start that drive on the one yard line. Like that's 
It's unacceptable. So, yeah, that's. I think that's pretty much we're all wet farted out at that point. But uh, I'll never be wet farted out. I'll have wet farts forever <laughs> for Nelson Aguilar. You can have all of the wet farts. Never uh, enough. Uh, well, Johnny, uh, we appreciate uh, you, you stopping by as a guest as always. And uh, any any final thoughts as we're rolling out here, bud? Well, it's um, it, final thought is this: that the Eagles have a, another big game coming up on Monday night, and I will. It's interesting because we talked about it during the show today, and it's it's this wasn't a tough loss to take, and I it, I, I actually like after bad losses, like I, I can go crazy, and that's not how I felt today because I, you kind of resigned to the fact that this was going to happen. I think every Eagles fan, once they calm down, realizes that the organization has a lot of work to do in the draft, sign a couple free agents, but I think they're I think they're on the right track. And you just hope that they're able to kind of finish the season almost as strong as they started the season. So I'm just hoping that they're able to pick themselves up, have a good week of practice, and get ready because the uh, the Packers are coming to town. Should be interesting. Well, John, my final thought, as you know, I, the puppies were shamed sadly, so I won't I won't even go there. <laughs> uh, the other main topic that we talked about on Saturday is being buried in a jersey, um, but instead I will flip that around and say that. <laughs> If this keeps up, Nelson Aguilar is going to bury me, and I will oh, not be in his jersey. Yeah, I would just say that, uh, just to echo John a little bit, like, don't draft any offensive linemen. Don't don't even worry about it. Just draft 12 wide receivers, yeah, trade up and down all over the place. That is your main <laughs> focus. That will be your main focus in free agency. You're going to take two from there. You're going to take two or three in the draft. And you're just going to figure this thing out to as you go along. Start over. I really am all for starting over here. Yeah, I, I'm. I am. Uh, I. I do not care. Uh, as amazingly enough, it only took one draft. I now don't care about the offensive line. It's good enough. Find some. <laughs> find find something that this guy can throw to, and hopefully that can you know start some of those uh, the opinions and, and change them around. And then we can have retweet Armageddon with uh, with Scott Casmir of the boys because I'm getting so tired of of hearing about it. It's just it's driving. <laughs> It's driving me up the wall, John. I, I can't thank you enough for jumping on, man. I know it's uh, it's it's been a it's been a while since a lot of people have heard your voice. And, and tell everyone where they can read uh, your stuff. Yes. Johnny. Oh yes, and and James as well. Uh, the thing I'm working on right now is taking care of my daughter, who is a, a terror, and a website <laughs> that we started, phillyfootballtalk.com. So, well, you know, I'll probably be back on the radio coming up a couple months here, but just hey. think, j- just think, um, just think, pro football talk. Philly football talk, same thing. We're just following the team. Uh, James does stuff for me every day. And uh, just a kind of a fun way to supplement what Bleeding Green does and what Philly Mag does and all the other good, the great reporters in this town does. So check it out, phillyfootballtalk.com. We always have content. We like to have stuff fun with Twitter and videos and all that other stuff. So uh, so check it out. And James is definitely – like I'm not a creative writer, John. I don't know if you're a writer. I'm a radio man. <laughs> no, I'm, but, I'm not. I can't – I can barely spell restaurant. So I've no, noticed. Yeah. I keep waiting to see you do something. But James is – James Seltzer is the creative writer of the group. So I, I need him. <laughs> Yes, I need him. So, so go easy on him so he can do more writing. <laughs> also, uh, shout out to Jack Fritz, our, uh, our good friend. Oh, I know kind of does does some stuff over there too. We got to get him on the pod. John, we appreciate it, and thank you for dropping some hot nuggets for us uh, for BGN Radio episode number two hundred five for John Barchard, for Mister James Elser, of course, Johnny Marks. Thank you for listening to Bleeding Green Nation right here on BGNRadio.com.
Wentz fakes. Now swings it out to Ertz. Ertz across the 50, the 45, the 40, the 30, the 20, the 10. Cuts back at the 5. Touchdown! Zach Ertz on a screen. Now there's a penalty flag all the way back upfield. Let's see. Well, and the quarterback is waiting back there. That just may take all the air out of this big play by this Eagles offense. Miller formation offense. Both receivers were off the line of scrimmage. Five-yard penalty. Repeat third down. Wow. They called it an illegal formation. It's a great play call. Everything works except you needed one receiver to have one step up on the line of scrimmage rather than both guys off. That brings the play all the way back. Boy, you talk about air out of a balloon.